Denver Broncos are prepared to take on a tough Philadelphia Eagles football team led by Jalen Hurts. His ability to throw the football, not to mention hurt you with his legs on the ground, pose a little bit of an interesting matchup problem for the Denver Broncos defense, not to mention can the Broncos win their matchups on the outside against Darius Slay with Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Sarah Benninger, Louis DiBiase, host of Lockdown Eagles, and myself. We join forces today for a crossover episode, Lockdown Broncos, Lockdown Eagles, all today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. Broncos. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is another Locked On NFL crossover. We have the AFC West taking on another NFC East opponent. Very fun, as always, to break down these matchups with the opponents that each team is facing. For the Broncos this week, it'll be the Eagles. For the Eagles, it'll be the Broncos. I'm Code Rourke, joined alongside co-host Sarah Bender of Lockdown Broncos. We're talking with Lockdown Eagles host Louis DiBiase. Today's crossover episode, ladies and gentlemen, is brought to you by our good friends over there at McDonald's. And they've been proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. And a big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Gentlemen, I'm loving it. We get a preview of this big matchup on Sunday between these two teams that we respectively cover. Louie, how you doing, my man? I'm doing good, guys. I've never been able to do a show with you. I took over Lockdown Eagles in the offseason of the Super Bowl. And that was the last time they played was 2017. The Eagles crushed Denver uh, in that Super Bowl season. Carson Wentz was in the midst of an MVP run, but a lot has changed in four years. The NFL really does stand for not for long for a reason, and a lot has changed with these teams for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely spot on. And, Louie, we're going to open things up by asking you questions as it pertains to the Eagles this Mm -hmm. season, just kind of the things that are going to give Broncos fans a little bit more perspective. You know, first off, I want to talk about the offense. Obviously, for Nick Sirianni, working here with Jalen Hurts, what's been the theme here of this Eagles offense so far in 2021? Because sometimes before I've been able to dive into the film, I would scroll through Twitter and I would see things from Eagles fans about – Jalen Hurts maybe being inconsistent or Nick Sirianni not calling a consistent game. So for Broncos fans on the outside, they maybe want to know a little bit more about the opponent. What can you tell us about this Eagles offense? Yeah, it's an offense that honestly is very different from what it was to start the year. It really seemed like through the first, I would say, honestly, since the last two weeks, the first seven games of the season, they were trying to see if Jalen Hurts could be the guy you win because of and be the high volume, high efficiency passer within the pocket and also outside the pocket. they kind of struggle with that philosophy and that identity. Jalen hurts at least, you know, 13, 14 starts into his uh, career as QB one has not been that guy. So I feel like the last two weeks, Nick Sirianni has changed things up. They're a team that's much more under center. Now traditional play action, running the football at a high, high volume and letting Jalen hurts work with his legs. That's what works for them right now. And I think, again, you have to balance that short-term success versus long-term success kind of, you know, uh, answer that you have to find out in a rebuilding year. You want to see if Jalen Hurts can be the guy, so you want to feature him. But at the same time right now, philosophically, that's not how this team's going to win football games. So the last two weeks, they've been much more efficient because they're kind of taking the ball out of his hands. Louis, that's good stuff. And I'm excited to chat with you about this game. I just got to bring up, you brought up the Carson Wentz MVP season, the Super Bowl season, you know, history. Mm -hmm. I blocked that game completely out of my memory. All I remember is the Michael Vick game from four years prior to that when the Denver Broncos absolutely annihilated the Eagles. So yeah, that's right. uh, just just had to get that one in. That's, I block out the losses, Louie, and, and I remember the victories. So, um, But I'm excited for this game. It's it's a, it's a it's really taken a turn in the last couple of weeks for the Denver Broncos. Offensively, this is a team that has really 
struggled most of the year, I would say, to not necessarily find an identity, but just find any sort of real consistency. Talk to us about maybe what what are the strengths and weaknesses of this Philadelphia defense? Yeah, I think for the defense, it's really been a mixed bag this year. I think they've really struggled. One thing they've done really well is stop the deep play, which is normally the Achilles heel of the Eagles throughout the last decade. They have not been able to get the secondary right, specifically at corner. They get beat deep all the time this year though new defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon has made such an emphasis on stopping that play the issue though is that they're allowing everything else within 20 yards to to be had and so that's kind of the issue with this defense but the strength has been preventing big plays and also I think the defensive line is still the strength of this unit um, when it comes to getting to the quarterback and they have to because they're using mostly a four-man pass rush they're at the bottom of the league when it comes to blitz attempts so I think this defense still as it always has been runs through the trenches and they really try to focus on stopping the deep ball is that the best philosophy right now with the way teams are carving them up, I'm not so sure, but that's what they're focusing on. One thing, too, I'm looking at here on the offensive side of the ball, obviously the third-ranked red zone offense in the NFL, the Eagles here. One thing that stands out to me, though, that is really surprising, even though the Eagles right now are 3-6, and six, mm-hmm. they've only given away the ball seven total times this season. Can you talk about that? Because when you look at the record versus the, the amount of times they've turned the ball over, something doesn't add up. Where has the real issue been here for the Eagles this season? No, it's true. I mean, normally for a mobile quarterback, too, some guys with that kind of style like to be more aggressive. But Jalen, I mean, we saw it with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia before Jalen Hurts. But Jalen has a really good sense of knowing, you know, when to get more meat off the bones and when to call a play dead and just take the positive, don't make a mistake and move on to the next play. So they have been mistake free, which is a nice change of pace. But I think the issue at times is though they, you know, Carson Wentz would take chances and a lot of the time it'd be a, you know, a crazy fumble or a bad interception, but other times it would result in an explosive play. And I think this team is really struggling in that area in the passing game. And I think a lot of that has to do um, with the quarterback. And although their red zone numbers look good now, it really was an issue early in the season. They were driving down the field, but they just not were not finishing plays. The play calling was suspect too. They were really making it harder on themselves, cutting the field in half really focusing on the boundary. It just all of this to me, though, is a direct result of who their quarterback is right now. And so I think that's the the major issue because you look at the offense. I mean, their offensive line has been playing great. Their wide receivers are getting open. They have a good running game. They have a top tight end in the league. It's just that the passing game can't get going. Yeah, and that obviously we saw a little bit get going against the Chargers. We were really pulling for the Eagles this past week as Devontae Smith kind of had a breakout game. Talk a little bit about his progression, where where you've seen him grow the most over the first, you know, half of this season. Yeah, Devontae Smith has been as advertised. And that's a nice change of pace, guys, because the Eagles have been – terrible at evaluating the wide receiver position. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside in the second round of 2019. Jalen Rager in the 2020 first round. He's been a bust in year two yet again like he was last year. Devontae Smith at third time's the charm. He looks like the Heisman winner from Alabama. And that's despite the offense really not featuring him, focusing more on getting the other receivers open, manufactured touch-wise, because they can't get open like Devontae can, right? So he's still making plays despite that and despite his quarterback not really being a high-efficiency passer right now. He is just so good at creating with the route running and run after the catch ability and on press man coverage, you know, soft zone. He knows 
all coverages, how to get open. You can just see the nuance and kind of like Jerry Judy, right? Both these guys at Alabama, <laughs> you can just see the crafty route running. It is so fun to watch. And it's such a nice change of pace. The guys on pace for over a thousand yards. And that'd be the first time an Eagles receiver has done that since 2014. It was Jeremy Macklin. So it's been a long time and it's a nice change of pace. And he's a special young player as well. And, and obviously we'll get into some of the matchups we have our eyes on in this game, specifically on Sunday coming up here in just a moment. But we're also going to flip the script. Louie's going to ask Sarah and myself some questions as it pertains to the Denver Broncos. But before we do that, let us tell you about the sponsors of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, Lockdown Eagles crossover show. And this episode of the Lockdown Broncos, Lockdown Eagles crossover is brought to you by our good friends over there at McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. It's a place where classmates can come to meet up for a study group, knowing that they'll be, have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team or the away team can come to recharge. And it is the place that you always look forward to stopping to when you're on a long road trip to rest your legs and to refuel. And if you're like me, you like breakfast at McDonald's, get yourself a McRourke, a sausage, egg, McMuffin, but get yourself a hash brown, cut it in half, put it inside the sausage egg McMuffin, and that'll help carry you through your day. That is my go-to at McDonald's, and I love it, and I hope you love it as well. we got a lot of listeners of Lockdown Broncos that send in their pictures of their McRork. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. And I'm also loving the Get Upside app too, ladies and gentlemen, because I am so tired of paying full price at the gas pump. With the GetUpside app, I don't have to do that anymore. And if you can download the free GetUpside app in your app store, whether it's a Google Play or the Apple App Store, you will never have to pay full price at the gas pump ever again. And you can get 25 cents per gallon cash back every single time that you fill up at the gas tank today. And if you use promo code TOUCHDOWN today on your first sign up and your first fill up, they'll give you an additional 25 cents per gallon cash back today. That is 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank fill up with the GetUpside app. And if you travel as much as me, you can make up to $200 to $300 a month in cash back alone. And they make it easy for you to cash out. You can connect your bank account. You can connect your PayPal. You can also cash out with Amazon gift cards or other gift cards from other brands today with the Get upside app so download it in your app store and use promo code touchdown to get 25 cents per gallon cash back today with the get upside app all right guys this is crossover thursday locked on eagles locked on broncos we are previewing a sunday matchup between the eagles and the broncos and guys i think it's interesting when you look at where these teams are right now wouldn't you agree they're kind of in weird spots where they have pieces that make them competitive, right? The Broncos right now, five and four, the Eagles three and six, but I feel like they've been playing a lot of these games close. And yet at the same time, they're in transitions trying to get back to where they were as title contenders in the 2010s, right? The Broncos and Eagles won Super Bowls only two years apart. Um, it's, it's just interesting to see where these teams are at. And I feel like if they could get quarterback, right. I don't know, 2022, they could be <laughs> legit teams in these conferences, but I mean, you know, with Denver, how long it, it sometimes it takes to find that guy. Yeah, and I think Denver's been really trying to figure that out. I mean, every week, we just hope that if the game is on Fox, we don't have to see the quarterback carousel graphic going round and around. <laughs> it's something that's so frustrating, I think, for us and also for Broncos fans, just because it reminds us that the Broncos have really struggled to find that quarterback yeah. after Peyton Manning. Now, I will say this, Teddy Bridgewater's had his ups and downs this year for the Broncos, but he has kind of exceeded, I think, expectations. He's two touchdown passes away from having the most touchdown passes 
in his career in a season. So that's something that kind of maybe he can hang his hat on, but he just has to make smarter decisions with the football. He's got to get it out quickly and not take some of the hits that he's been taking. But last week against the Cowboys was probably one of his better games that he had put together for the Broncos. But as you mentioned, everything is still on the table right now. The Broncos a couple weeks ago traded away Von Miller to get more draft capital, Mm -hmm. second round, a third round pick there. But they could also maybe use all this capital to make a pursuit for another quarterback this offseason. And maybe it's via trade. Maybe it's in the NFL draft. I know that's still a long ways away. But, yeah, so far, Teddy's been steady for the Denver Broncos. And what we saw against the Dallas Cowboys, obviously a division rival, we we want to make sure that they had to take care of business for you guys there in that division. But it's up in the air as to maybe whether or not he's the long-term guy. I I think that Mm -hmm. most people will say he's probably not, but you never know. I think so much depends on what happens this offseason with the Broncos. No, I think that's a great point, and it's – Denver is – a team that I think is part of the reason I'm kind of nervous about the Eagles and their quarterback pursuit this offseason because I think a veteran like an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson or even a Deshaun Watson, like you look at these two teams and their situations, I would rather go to Denver. And also, they had a heavy presence uh, at the old Miss Liberty game, and that yeah. featured Matt Corral and Malik Willis, two of the top quarterback prospects in the 2022 draft. So it'll be interesting to watch these two teams. And because, guys, wouldn't you agree? I think both are, you mentioned this with Teddy Bridgewater, they're both in a situation where it's not like they know for sure their quarterback's not the guy, but at the same time, there are doubts with Hertz and Teddy Bridgewater. And I feel like honestly, Hertz's career path could be very similar to Teddy, right? Where he's someone the locker room will always want to play for. He's got a certain floor production. He's efficient. And when the roster is right, you can win with that guy. It's tough to move on from that player though. Sometimes when you know the ceiling might be capped. It is. And we're seeing that with with Vic Fangio and really being in a make or break season, choosing Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke, who might be the more high upside option. Right. So exactly what you're saying is, you know, Teddy really the, the locker room has really rallied around him. Players really rallied around him. And he's a good he's a good leader for that team. You can just tell by the way that you know, the way that he goes up to guys after plays or after touchdowns mm-hmm. or after game, you know, different things like that, that we can actually see, not that we're in the locker room every single day, but you can tell that he's a guy that the players are on the team really respect. And Drew Locke even talked about the fact that, you know, he's learned a lot from Teddy Bridgewater. So I think you're absolutely right in that. And we saw that, you know, I covered the draft as well for a long time. And I saw Jalen Hurts go to an Oklahoma team where, you know, I still remember the, the video of him on the squat rack and every teammate around him, you know, so you're absolutely right he has something about him he galvanized the teammates Teddy Bridgewater has that same type of thing and it is tough for NFL coaches whose jobs are consistently on the line to move on from those type of guys it's 100% correct I think that's a really good point and I think Von Miller said it in the preseason they were mic'd up and he was like to Teddy you know you have things that I haven't seen since 18 was here and that's uh pretty noteworthy especially for a guy like Von Miller saying that to him guys speaking of Von Miller he was traded before the NFL trade deadline last week to the Los Angeles Rams one of if not the best edge rusher in Denver Broncos history to me the reason you won a Super Bowl in 2015 How do you replace that production? I know it's hard to replace a Hall of Fame player, but who are the guys now the Eagles need to watch for on the edge and on that defensive line in general? Well, you know, I think it was a by-committee approach. It's something we had talked about, too, because the the trade came last Monday, and I think we're all just – everybody in Broncos country was shocked. We were shocked sitting here covering the team, and we were thinking, okay, well, hey – Bradley Chubb's out right now with an injury. He's on injured reserve. Who are the Broncos going to have that pass rusher? Malik Reed. Well, Malik Reed missed the Dallas Cowboys game with a hip injury. So then you have to rely on seventh-round draft pick Jonathan Cooper and then your newly uh, added guy via trade, Stephen Weatherly. 
And the Broncos went in with those guys, and they did fantastic. Jonathan Cooper came away with two sacks against the Dallas Cowboys. And even though he was taken in the seventh round, his ceiling, the way that he plays, is not like a seventh-round draft pick. So they're getting those guys involved in the mix a little bit. You're also mixing in maybe some other guys like Aaron Patrick. Uh, they've invested in some guys on the practice squad at outside linebacker specifically while they wait for Bradley Chubb to return. But more than likely, it's going to be between Weatherly, Malik Reed, and Jonathan Cooper. But I imagine at this point in time, it's going to be Weatherly and Cooper that get to start the remainder of the season if, in fact, Bradley Chubb can't return healthy. So they've got good rhythm with these guys right now. So it's really the Broncos have taken this by-committee approach to getting to the pass rusher. And then you still have your interior guys there with Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones, a little bit more Deshaun Williams, Shamar Stephan. These guys are getting involved in the mix a lot here. So the Broncos really utilizing as many bodies as they can to try to create pressure and get after quarterbacks. Yeah, I think you look at, too, the secondary. I'm a big fan of Denver's personnel. They spent a first-round pick on an Alabama guy, just like the Eagles did. <laughs> but it was in the secondary, and it was a name that locked on Eagles, myself and Gino. We talked about a lot, Patrick Sertain, because we thought, I mean, the Eagles were in the cornerback market. Uh, Sertain, uh, J.C. Horn as well. They went with Devontae Smith. Those two know each other, very familiar with each other at the Crimson Tide. Could be going up against each other on Sunday. I like that matchup. How has the rookie looked this year? Uh, he's been he's been awesome. I mean, like you said with Devontae Smith in the previous segment, as advertised, right? And and what he was advertised as, and I said this on our podcast a number of times, evaluating him from a draft perspective at the age of 18 at Alabama, Pat, he, he looked like a professional already. And he just he he's consistently been so good that he was almost boring for people to scout. And I think that's kind of what the Broncos said in their behind the scenes draft meeting. It's like what's Where's the where's the flaw in this guy's game? You know, you, you choose him over two available quarterbacks at a transition period where a new general manager is coming in. John always moving out. You pick the safe pick and Pat Sertan and, and all of a sudden uh, fans are going nuts. And now he's on the field and everybody's all about PS2 PS2. He's got a little bit of a knee sprain right now. We'll see how that kind of how, how that kind of factors into what he does this week. But the Broncos, like you said, the secondary personnel, they have the ability to match up with a variety of different guys. Guys on the back end, they'll rotate those safeties up and down. Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, obviously Caden Stearns, another rookie out of Texas. I believe he has three interceptions now this season. Been playing out of his mind when he's getting on the field. I mean, he's he's blitzing, he's playing in coverage, he's doing a little bit of everything. So the, it, it's been a group effort from those guys. Injuries have forced the issue there. But at the same time, it's been really encouraging to see not only these guys playing multiple positions, but really improving as the season has gone along. Guys, before we uh, take a break and dive into the matchup here on Sunday, uh, one other question, sticking with the Denver secondary. Uh, you guys have Ronald Darby, and that is a player that the Philadelphia Eagles fan base is very familiar with. They weren't big fans of him. He was kind of public enemy number one on Twitter for a while. How has uh, the former starting corner in a Super Bowl year looked for the Broncos so far? Uh, you know, in, in my opinion, I'm a DB guy, Louie. I, I think yeah. he's been fantastic. Now, he got injured week yeah. one late in the game. He, he hurt his hamstring. He went on IR for a short stint. He came back against the Las Vegas Raiders. And, he, you know, he had a, a blown coverage against Henry Ruggs III. But then he comes in and he gets more acclimated against the Cleveland Browns. And he also gets a little bit more comfortable against the Dallas Cowboys. So, uh, he looked really good in that Cowboys game, specifically covering guys like Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. He has been fun to watch when I go back and watch film. Don't see a lot of mistakes from him. This is Lockdown Eagles, Lockdown Broncos, crossover Thursday. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, we'll get into the X's and O's, the best matchups to watch in this Sunday battle.
BetOnline is back and better than ever with a brand new interface for the start of the NBA basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all things pro basketball, pro football, and college football. And you can head to their new website and updated interface using your desktop or mobile device. And when you sign up today for your first deposit, make sure you use promo code LOCKDOWN. And that's going to get you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit today at BetOnline.ag. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, breaking down the game here. We've talked about some of the storylines for each team on the Broncos side, the Eagles side. I want to talk with our gentleman here, Sarah Bettinger and Louis DiBiase. I want to talk about some matchups that we're excited to watch. And Louis, I'm going to start things off, my friend. For me, one of the key matchups I'm really looking forward to watching here for the Broncos versus the Eagles, it's going to be Cortland Sutton or Tim Patrick against Darius Slay. Now, watching Darius Slay in the film review this week, he's been one of those players you don't always want to test. He's, I think he's had a fantastic year for the Eagles. Eagles. He's blended into kind of what they want to do schematic wise. This is a matchup that I'm really interested in seeing because Tim Patrick coming off of a big game against Trayvon Diggs, got him for a touchdown on a double move. Cortland Sutton only, you know, not seeing as much actually. He had one catch for nine yards against the Cowboys, but he wasn't the primary feature guy in the offense in that game. And I think that these receivers have all accepted the role that, hey, one week, one guy might eat, the other guy might have a little bit of a role that maybe if they need him on third down, he might get one catch and it moves the chains. But uh, Darius Slay versus these two big wide receivers is one matchup I'm looking forward to seeing. In your opinion, how might Darius Slay match up against Cortland yeah. Sutton or Tim Patrick? Yeah, I love the Denver Broncos wide receiver core, and I was a big KJ Hamler guy too. Unfortunate that he won't be playing in this game yeah. with that injury. That's a fun trio, Hamler, Sutton, and Jerry Judy. I look at Darius Slay. He's been having an incredible season. It's a little frustrating though because Jonathan Gannon is such a zone heavy defensive coordinator that it's frustrating sometimes Darius Slay can't be more involved in the game plan that they're having him sit back 10 yards off the line of scrimmage in all situations even if it's like a third and short they're just so nervous to get beat deep and sometimes you're not utilizing Slay's to me top tier ability to be a man coverage corner and against some receivers like Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy you're going to have to let him go up to the line of scrimmage and make plays so honestly the matchup is Slay versus Sutton versus Judy versus Patrick, right? But it's also, to me, it's Gannon versus Slay in this defense. Gannon needs to get out of his own way and trust the personnel. They don't have a lot of great personnel in this defense, but one of the strengths you actually do have for the first time in a long time is at the cornerback position. Don't sit back as to me, I feel like especially with a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, he's going to take what you give him. And the Eagles right now, guys, are on pace to give up the highest completion percentage to opposing quarterbacks in NFL history at 75.5%. That's got to change. It changed against Detroit. They went back to that old method against Justin Herbert and the Chargers. They got to be more aggressive against the Broncos this Sunday. Definitely. And that, that's kind of where my key matchup is for this game is right in the trenches. I feel like the Broncos are coming off arguably maybe their best game as an offensive line. And I don't know exactly what attributed to that because they're missing starting left tackle Garrett Bowles. Graham Glasgow gets injured right before halftime. Your, your right tackle Bobby Massey gets injured during this game. So and I've talked to this, you know, talked about uh, talked about this with Cody, actually, that I don't think right. it's necessarily a patchwork unit because they've invested in the guys that are behind those players. But at the same time, 
how do you feel like this Eagles defensive line is going to match up in Denver? Because that's one of the things I feel like the, the Eagles going into the season, as, as underrated as they were by national media and pundits, they, to me, they're really strong in the trenches on both sides of the ball, especially yeah. when healthy. So defensively, wh- what do you see? How do you see that matchup unfolding between these two, the offensive line in Denver and D-line of Philadelphia? No, it's a great question. I think, um, honestly, when you look at the offseason, Everybody knew it was a rebuilding year for the Eagles, but why people projected them maybe to be a playoff contender or at least win like a floor of, you know, seven wins because they were so strong in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Unfortunately, the last few weeks, the pass rush hasn't really been that great. Fletcher Cox is having a down year there without Brandon Graham, who was the the heart and soul of this team in general, to be honest with you, on the edge. Derek Barnett, their former first-round pick in a contract year, has been terrible, quite frankly. Only one sack this year. Javon Hargrave had six sacks the first four or five weeks. He hasn't had a sack since. They've really cooled off outside of Josh Sweat. Some of that's the personnel, but guys, it's also, too, it has to go back to the philosophy of the defensive coordinator. When quarterbacks are getting the ball out in one second, you're not blitzing. It's only a four-man pass rush. I mean, what do you want a guy to do? Like, they, they can't get there that quickly. So, again, they need to help each other out. This defense just needs the all three levels of it need to help each other out, buy more time so this pass rush can get there, or else, you know, as inconsistent as at times as Teddy can be, I think a guy like that's going to carve you up underneath. So it's going to be – this is the matchup I'm really looking forward to the most is the Denver offense against the Philadelphia defense because the Eagles defense, for all the things I'm talking about when it comes to Jalen Hurts, right, um, the defense has been – the bigger issue consistently throughout the year. Well, and I was going to ask you too about the the matchup outside of that, right? Obviously, a trench warfare is something we love. We love seeing yeah. offensive line, defensive linemen battle and clash. The run game obviously is a big part of this Philadelphia Eagles offense. They've really invested in it, not only just with Jalen Hurts, but with a kind of a by committee approach with other tailbacks here. If there was one matchup that you feel like yeah. will define the outcome of this game for either team, what is it? Yeah, again, I think it probably comes down to the defense against the offense for Philadelphia. But I do want to talk about as well on the offensive side of the football for the Eagles. It is that Devontae Smith versus Patrick Sertain uh, matchup, because to me, they're running the football so much right now. And the way the offensive line is playing, the way Jalen Hurts is had over 40 rushing yards in every start that he's had, which is an incredible number. He's on pace for nearly a thousand rushing yards this year. So I'm not worried about the run game. It is back to the passing game. Even if they're only going to throw the football, it was 17 times last week. It was 14 the time before it, you know, maybe the volume is not there, but the efficiency needs to be there. And it was there last week against the chargers. And that was because of pretty much only Devonte Smith. He's got a tougher matchup. Now the chargers were without their top two cornerbacks last week. He's going up against a secondary that like you saw, uh, Darby's having a great year. They have certain they've got Simmons deep, you know, Kareem Jackson. This is an improvement in the defensive backfield. Can they utilize the passing game at an efficient level? It doesn't have to be the volume it was early on in the season, but when you do pass, you've got to make this defense respect you being multiple, right? You can't be a one trick pony. That's spot on there, too. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to today's Locked On Broncos, Locked On Eagles crossover show. Broncos-Eagles kickoff this weekend on Sunday in Powerfield at Mile High, 2.25 p.m. Mountain Time, 4.25 p.m. Eastern Time here on the Eastern Time Zone. Louis, obviously a lot of great insight from the Philadelphia Eagles side of things. I know Broncos country learned a lot, and hopefully Eagles fans learned a lot from a Broncos perspective here on Crossover Thursday. But good luck to you and your squad here this week, Louis. Tell Gino hi for us. I know 
know, I, we didn't get to get him here on this crossover, but always appreciate both of your perspectives yeah. there on the Locked On Eagles podcast. Yeah, guys, we thank you for having us on the show. Uh, Gino's going to the game on Sunday, too. He'll be in mile high, so I'm sure it's going to be a great one. And love both of these uh, teams. Honestly, I really like the personnel in Denver. I've always been a fan of Teddy Bridgewater, so I'm excited for this one for sure. It's going to be fun. Check out all the action and make sure you follow and subscribe on your favorite podcast and provider for the Locked On Eagles podcast, Locked On Broncos podcast. And thank you for making these podcasts your first listen of the day.